Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. Ah, well, snow on the ground here in Vermont. Had a few snows and I'm doing my Christmas shopping like that. Winter is upon us, cold temperatures. My cat, Sattva, so intrepid. He's out there 15 degrees for a couple hours running around outside. Good Lord, makes me nervous. Anyway, (laughs) that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about, wherever here is today, choosing to dream or awaken. That's what we're interested in today. So mm, let's take that breath of love and gratitude and join together gratefully, lovingly, joining together, inviting that Holy Spirit to walk with us and talk with us, to awaken in our mind. We are grateful to come together, to join together, transcending time and space, recognizing that we are eternally one because there's nothing outside of us, nothing in addition to us, no no competition, no opposition, just one with the one. And so in the one mind, we are grateful, we are thankful, we're opening ourselves to new insight and clarity, gratefully, thankfully choosing to recognize our wholeness and our holiness. We are consciously sharing the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our awakening with everyone because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I've been feeling on fire lately. And I've also been feeling uh, what I call itchy, scratchy. So a lot of intensity in the world as we come into the holidays. A lot of intensity. And the itchy, scratchy is when it feels like things are more easily annoying to me or frustrating to me and feels like things are just not as smooth as I would like them to be. And it's also just an energetic feeling I have, like people have tension. And I can tell because I'm in touch with so many people uh, in the Power of Love ministry community And we have our WhatsApp groups where people place prayer requests and share their ahas, their insights, breakthroughs and breakdowns and getting those messages all day long, I can tell. And it's also a time when we come into winter here in the Northern Hemisphere when more people, uh, as we come into the holidays, it does seem like more and more people make their transition, more and more people are having uh, grief experiences because their loved ones have passed away this year. It's their first Christmas without them. And so there's a lot going on. And then, of course, 
We have the war in the Middle East, the war in Ukraine, and lots of lots of stuff going on all over the place. So we're noticing it, we're feeling it, because we're all connected. And it's a good time for us to double down into our spiritual practice. And of course, there's a lot of temptation to get out of our spiritual practice, to get out of our healthy habits and routines. So for me, I'm starting a cleanse, uh, and I am, I like to do a cleanse before the holidays and just clean everything out, eating raw vegetarian and sets me up for just a a really great feeling as I go into the holidays. And hmm, always remembering I am not a body, but I have a body to care for in the dream. So today that's what we're talking about. We're looking at dream roles. It's Section 4 in our chapter 29. So nearing the end of the text, chapter 29 is called The Awakening. And that's what uh, this section is about. And it begins with, again, dream roles, section 4 of chapter 29. Do you believe that truth can be but some illusions? Do you believe that truth can be but some illusions? They are dreams because they are not true. So all illusions are not true. Their equal lack of truth becomes the basis for the miracle, which means that you have understood that dreams are dreams. And that escape depends not on the dream, but only on awaking. So this, I think, is one of the harder things for our our mind to grok, to comprehend. Uh, For our mind, our, our personality, our ego identity to comprehend. We can comprehend it intellectually, but it's a whole different thing when we are living the awareness of the truth. So we can say, I know the truth is this is an illusion, this is a dream. But if we act as though the illusion is real, we don't know that it's a dream. And this was one of the most helpful awarenesses I ever had. I am Saying I know the truth, but I'm not living in accordance with the truth. I am not valuing the truth. Therefore, I can't possibly know what the truth actually is. I'm just intellectually familiar with these teachings, but they're concepts to me. They are not reality. And so I made a a clear decision to say... I would like to live in accordance with the truth. So no longer paying lip service to the truth, 
what I decided was I'm going to be in heart service, life service to the truth. And that was a big turning point for me. Now, what seems obvious to me, but I'm going to say it because it might not be obvious to everyone, is that just because I decided now the truth is more valuable to me than my perceptions of the illusion, that doesn't mean I won't fall back asleep again and again and again. So I gave myself a big pillow of compassion (laughs) to just have real compassion for myself for falling back asleep every five seconds, but still keeping my attention and my intention on my aspiration to awaken. And simultaneously not putting it in the future. This is one of the most important things. So in Masterful Living the other day, we were talking about, um, or maybe it was Sacred Circle. Yes, Sacred Circle. We were talking about, I need do nothing, that section. And in that section, it talks about, If we think that our awakening is something that we have to work towards and that we, it's a process that we're going through to get there, then it's always going to be in the future. And so if we're meditating now in order to make ourselves more holy, so that in the future we can awaken, we are actually choosing to delay our awakening. And none of that is necessary. I need do nothing to allow my awakening. I just have to be willing. And being willing is different than doing something. So we're being loving. We're being willing. This to me was very important to realize. It really shifted how I started uh, doing my days, constantly going back to my willingness and the beingness. So if we can recognize what it's saying here, do you believe that truth can be but some illusions, that some illusions are true and some are not? They are dreams because they are not true. Their equal lack of truth becomes the basis for the miracle. So the miracle is our awakening, our willingness to choose awakening. Which means that you have understood that dreams are dreams and that escape depends not on the dream, but only on waking. So if we can hold in our mind that we are willing to awaken, I'm willing to awaken, I'm interested in awakening. I'm awakening now. Awakening is happening now. Not in the future, but now. We are giving ourselves that leg up, that boost to actually awaken now. And we can operate from an awakened state. We really can in this world. 
That's what we're being called to do. So let's get into it here. Could it be some dreams are kept and others wakened from? So can you keep some dreams, some special relationships? Can you keep some resentments, some regrets? No, of course not. The choice is not between which dreams to keep, but only if you want to live in dreams or to awaken from them. Now, the fear is that if we awaken from the dreams, we're going to lose something that we value. And we can say, oh, I don't value anything in the dream. But I think we'd be kidding ourselves. And we have so many misperceptions. Like, what if I awaken from the dream and there's no ice cream? What if I awaken from the dream and there's no sex? There's, I don't have my dog anymore. Or my grandchildren. Or whatever thoughts we might have. If we can, what I call, put everything on the altar, just put it all on the altar and say, I'm interested in living a waking life, being of service with my waking life. That's what we can do. The choice is not between which dreams to keep, but only if you want to live in dreams or to awaken from them. Thus it is. The miracle does not select some dreams to leave untouched by its beneficence. And that's the wonderful thing, is the miracle affects all dreams. Because the miracle is awakening to the truth. The miracle is awakening to the unity of all life. To the Holy Spirit's way of thinking. And so it ripples through all dreams. You cannot dream some dreams and wake from some, for you are either sleeping or awake, and dreaming goes with only one of these. The dreams you think you like would hold you back as much as those in which the fear is seen. Ho! Think of that. The dreams you think you like would hold you back as much as those in which the fear is seen. So in the dreams where we're making lots of money and our body's really healthy and we're living with the love of our life, if all of that is fulfilled, but it's a dream, the happy dream, it's still holding us back. There's more to heaven than that. There's even greater happiness. There's pure joy. Unlimited, unprecedented, pure joy. Now, if we don't feel worthy, I'm doing my undoing unworthiness classes right now. If we don't feel worthy, we won't believe it's possible. We won't allow ourselves to believe it's possible that there could be more joy in the awakened state than in the happy dream. So we have to be willing to take that leap of faith in order to find out. It says, for every dream is but a dream of fear, no matter what form it seems to take. 
I love that in this section, we're getting to some nitty gritty, right? This is chapter 29. So this is about awakening. And will we make the choice for awakening? Or do we wish to continue to fool around in dreams? For every dream is but a dream of fear, no matter what the form it seems to take. The fear is seen within, without, or both. Or it can be disguised in pleasant form. The fear can be disguised in pleasant form. But never is it absent from the dream, for fear is the material of dreams from which they are, the all are made. So, the happy dream is still a fearful dream. What? How does that work? So, think of it this way. Think of some spiritual student who is, like I said, doing well financially, has a nice home, goes on great vacations, has a healthy body, and has spiritual community, but they're not actually choosing to awaken. And maybe they are doing things like, um, they're spending a fair amount of time uh, learning about wines. Not that that's wrong or bad, but it's just what comes to my mind. And they're going to visit all kinds of vineyards and everything, again, not wrong or bad. But instead of their focus being on truly awakening, they're looking to make the dream happier, nicer, more fun, more pleasurable. Then their mind is thinking that pleasure comes from the world and pleasure is valuable. Pleasure is enjoyable. Is it valuable? Honestly, what I can see in myself is I'm more interested in being joyful all the time than having pleasure and happiness. So here's where I'm going to to um, articulate a few things to make sure I'm making myself clear. Uh uh, I think I've mentioned this before somewhere along the way. Uh, pretty sure I have. Ernest Holmes, of which I have been a student, the teachings of the science of mind. I think he says something very helpful uh, in terms of understanding uh, our human experience. And one thing he talks about is spiritual qualities versus emotions. So spiritual qualities are eternal, infinite, absolute, joy, peace, harmony, wisdom, clarity, creativity. These are all spiritual qualities and there are more. Prosperity, abundance, wholeness, freedom, these spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omniactive. They are the very ground of our being. And they are all, I don't know if he says this, but I say this, uh, they're all aspects of love. 
just as, I'm sure I've said this a few times, just as white light, that full spectrum white light, contains all the different colors of light. Blended all together, they are white. So all the spiritual qualities blended together are love. And love is what we are. So it is our nature to experience wholeness, freedom, joy, prosperity, abundance, creativity, wisdom, all the spiritual qualities, clarity, all of them, all the time. We block them with our beliefs. If I don't believe I'm worthy of love, I'm not going to experience love. If I believe that I'm no talent person, I'm going to block my creativity. If I believe I'm unworthy, I'm probably going to block prosperity and abundance. If I feel guilty, I probably am going to experience some sickness and illness and things like that that are debilitating. Now everybody's working with the unconscious guilt. But you you get the idea there. So these spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omniactive. They are our very essence in nature. But if we deny them, we won't be experiencing them. And then we believe in lack. And that's a huge issue for spiritual students, the belief in lack. We are undoing that with our practice of living A Course in Miracles and recognizing or accepting the atonement for ourselves, accepting that we are one with source, one with all supply, not separate, therefore there can be no lack. We have all abundance, all prosperity, all joy, all freedom, all wholeness, all beauty, all the time. So isn't that better than having a limited supply and having to work for what we get, which is what happens in dreams. In dreams, as I was saying in class yesterday, in dreams you have, you're doing it the old fashioned way. You have to earn it, as those uh, commercials used to say back in the 70s and 80s for some investment firm with John Hausman. We got our money the old-fashioned way. We earned it. Well, that's the ego right there. You have to earn everything. You don't, you're not not entitled to miracles. You have to earn them. Spirit says, no, ask and it is given because it's already been given. You can't be given any more than than there already is. You cannot be given any more than there already is. You have it all. Act now, and you can have it all. No, act now because you already have it all. Or don't act now, as you wish. (laughs) So Ernest Holmes talks about emotions being different from that. So he talks about happiness being an emotion and joy being a spiritual quality. And as I've said many times, when my mom was in her final months seeming to die from illness, I discovered for my own self 
that this is true because I felt a continuous joy, even though at times it was stressful, uh, just intense taking care of her and the house, my dad, these kinds of things, a dog, sometimes it felt quite stressful, but there was still this undergirding of joy and not distress, not suffering, even though there was tension and stress because there was so much to do. Protocols were changing every day. It was intense. But still, this consistent joy is what I was feeling. And so I think it's helpful to distinguish between the emotional experience of happiness and the spiritual quality of joy and to let them be two different things. So we can, in the dream, experience happiness, but in life beyond dreams, in the real world, as the Course in Miracles would say, we can experience the unconditional joy. And it's hard for us to imagine that, but it's a real thing, that we can be joyful no matter what. And since that time with my mom, many years ago, I have felt the unconditional joy. And so this is what waking up brings us, that stuff can happen that in the past would make us frightened. It doesn't frighten us anymore because our view is completely different. That's what we're going for, waking up. Remember my favorite quote from A Course in Miracles, rest comes from waking, not from sleeping. Rest comes from waking, not from sleeping. All right, time for me to take a break. I invite you to go to jenniferhadley.com. Check out all the details of what's coming up. And I'll see you on the flip side after this short break. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for returning. And just before I dive back into our topic, I would like to make a couple of brief announcements and just let you know what's coming up quickly here. So we have this coming week, uh, Thursday, December 14th, And Saturday the 16th, Sunday the 17th, it's a four-part series, Forgive and Be Free. To me, it's so valuable to be able to do this right before the holidays because it's healing. It's deeply healing. And it means so much to be able to change our minds before the holidays and live with less regret and hurt, etc. And to create a new experience for ourselves. And I know that forgiveness does that. Uh, next thing coming up, January 6th, New Year Reboot begins. So there are several weeks to this, and I'm doing a four-hour class on December 6th. So I invite you to come and 
join in on that. I love doing the New Year work. I do. And uh, it's so fun for me. It's like fresh page. Let's go. Turn that page. New start. I love it. And it helps us to leave the past behind to make that turn. So people are coming in and doing the bonus classes, which Forgiven Be Free is a bonus if you register for Masterful Living before um, Forgiven Be Free. So, but anyone can join Forgiven Be Free. And then Masterful Living registration is open. Uh, New Year Reboot is a bonus. Forgiven Be Free is a bonus. And we are coming together already, and it's beautiful. So come and join us. Make this a spectacular year of healing and transformation. Somebody who just is finishing up Finding Freedom told me the other day, Mary Lou told me the other day, I never thought this much transformation was possible in so short a time. And I just say, that's right, baby. It is. We need to stop thinking it's hard and it takes a long time. And then the other thing I'd like you to, two more things. Uh, if you're interested in joining with the men and their men's gatherings, they're doing a couple times a month. Go to livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash men. livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash men. And uh, I also would like to give you a heads up that I am looking at doing my Stop Playing Small Retreat in person in mid-May in Vermont, followed by my Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive. We're changing the name of the um, program to Quantum Counseling. So Quantum Counseling Training Intensive. And uh, that would be... The um, something like the 20th of May through the 26th of May. And uh, along those lines, I also am offering a quantum counseling program with 16 other Course in Miracles teachers, and very excited about that. So all the details are on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. Yes. And we are also switching to the powerofloveministry.net website. So those are my announcements. And now back to uh, our topic, which is, are we choosing to dream or to awaken? And we're looking at section four in chapter 29. It's entitled Dream Roles. So paragraph two begins, the dreams you think you like would hold you back as much as those in which fear is seen. So attachments, cravings, addictive compulsive tendencies, the things that we think we like sometimes, the pleasurable things, the things that we think make us happy, they can hold us back just as much as those fears and worries and doubts. So laying the seed of this, really understanding it's the attachments, it's the false idols, it's anything we make more important to us than our spiritual connection with the all in all. It says, for every dream is but a dream of fear, no matter what the form it seems to take. So let's awaken. The fear is seen within, without, or both. Both. 
or it can be disguised in pleasant form. So there are many things we do that we feel are pleasurable, but they are actually born of a fear that we're, we're seeking pleasure because we don't have a real joy. So we're looking for happiness in the world because we're unsettled with ourselves. And it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the world. Of course we can enjoy the world. I do every day. And still, I'm not interested in having any false idols. And if this is confusing, just ask the Holy Spirit to show it to you plainly and clearly. So I think one example is I used to, when I was in my 20s, think that traveling would be really wonderful. Traveling all the time and adventure seeking and all of that would be really wonderful. And I I wanted that for my life. To me, that would be the sign of a successful life. And now I see it mostly as a distraction. But there are times when I feel really called to go places. And I go, like we did the Camino trip this year. And I really enjoyed that. I felt called to go. Uh, some of the people who are very seasoned travelers, very seasoned, said it was the best trip they ever had. And people really enjoyed it. They got a lot out of it. And I'd like to do a trip like that again next year in 2024, maybe in the fall, early October. So late September, early October. So just looking at that, also looking at the possibility of doing some smaller trips with others, because that's what makes it fun for me. Otherwise, I just love to visit my family and my friends and, uh, But going to see sites, for me, is not thrilling or exciting anymore. Uh, What's thrilling and exciting for me are the inner sites. But that doesn't mean that traveling isn't really wonderful. Because we all have different preferences. I like gardening. I like encouraging things to grow. People, myself, and uh, things in the garden. So I, I find that kind of more enjoyable than, let's say, sightseeing. It's just me. I, I, and I enjoy cooking for friends and family. That's more enjoyable to me than sightseeing as well. So we just have our preferences and we don't need to make them wrong. But we can get wrapped up in chasing pleasure or fun or things like that and it becomes a distraction and it's born of fear so just being willing to look at that it says the fear is seen within without or both or it can be disguised in pleasant form but never is it absent from the dream for fear is the material of dreams from which they are all made Their form can change, but they cannot be made of something else. The miracle were treacherous indeed if it allowed you to still be afraid because you did not recognize the fear. You would not then be willing to awake, for which the miracle prepares the way. So, what I, for me, 
rather than get all tripped up in trying to understand everything intellectually, for me, what I find is super duper helpful is simply to be in this place of I am interested in awakening. Spirit, show me the way. Let me easily and gracefully, gently recognize anything that's blocking my awakening, anything that's blocking the miracle, anything that's blocking the love. Please show me so I can say, I don't need that anymore. Because I'd rather offer it up to the Holy Spirit for release than have it taken from me. If you're familiar with the development of trust section in chapter 4 of the Manual for Teachers and the Characteristics of God's Teachers in the Trust section, the development of trust, it talks about if we have attachments that are false idols, then we are going to start to have them taken away from us so that we can realize that they're not valuable. And I'd rather be able to offer it up myself. So show me it's not valuable. Let me see that clearly and make that decision. Also, if I can see it clearly and make that decision, then I can help others to see as well. So there are many things that I'm no longer interested in because I've seen they were a distraction. And what I have found, the result that I have found is I have more peace and more happiness now in my life than I've ever had. I have more peace and more happiness now in my life than I've ever had. And I feel good about myself all the time. That is worth having. (laughs) And so it's worth everything I put into it. The miracle were treacherous indeed if it allowed you to still be afraid because you did not recognize the fear. So we're opening ourselves to miracles, miracles of recognition, miracles of understanding, miracles of truth. Next paragraph. In simplest form, it can be said attack is a response to function unfulfilled as you perceive the function. Okay, let's bring some clarity to that. Uh, forgive me, Jesus. Um, not saying you're not clear, but I, I think you intentionally write things like this so that we have to dive deep to really understand it. So let how do we perceive our function? Our function is to be the light of the world. Our function is to be the light of the world. Our function is to be the light of the world. Attack is a response to function unfulfilled. So when we're not fulfilling our function, when we're hiding the light of the world behind our judgments and our complaints and our attacks, then attack is what we're going to experience, whether it's coming from us, or so it seems, or coming to us. So what's the antidote? Fulfill your function, be the light of the world. 
It can be in you or someone else, but where it is perceived, it will be there. It is attacked. So sometimes we attack the people who are being the light of the world. We always see that, don't we? We see the Dalai Lama being attacked. Parmanatsa Yogananda was attacked. We can look at many people who are bearers of light getting attacked. Uh, I, I honestly, I feel that the LGBTQI community are bringers of light. They are helping us to let go of the judgments, the attacks, the fears, whole host of things by bringing them to the light and inviting us to think about them. And by us, I mean everybody, nobody left out, everybody's included. So whenever there is racism, sexism, any kind of bigotry, uh, then what's happening is people are bringing things to the light and people are resisting that light. They are attacking that light. Where it is perceived, it, it will be there. It is attacked. Depression or assault must be the theme of every dream, for they are made of fear. Wow. Do we still want to have a happy dream, or would we like to awaken? Depression or assault must be the theme of every dream, for they are made of fear. The thin disguise of pleasure and of joy in which they may be wrapped, but slightly veils the heavy lump of fear that is their core. So if I were going to rewrite this sentence according to what I was talking about before the break about Ernest Holmes' distinction between happiness and joy, joy being a spiritual quality and happiness being a uh, reaction, an emotion, I would say this, the thin disguise of pleasure and of happiness in which they may be wrapped, uh, they being the, the dream, the dreams of fear, the depression, the assault, the thin disguise of pleasure and of joy or happiness in which they may be wrapped, but slightly veils the heavy lump of fear that is their core. And it is this the miracle perceives and not the wrappings in which it is bound. So the antidote for the heavy core of fear, the lump of fear that is the core, the depression, the assault, the attack, all of it is love, being loving. That opens up the miraculous Love is a miracle. We are love. We can be loving. It, sometimes it seems so, so hard. Sometimes it seems so, so hard. So hard. At least it has in my past. Hmm. When you are angry... Is it not because someone has failed to fulfill the function you allotted him? And does not this become the reason your attack is justified? 
The dreams you think you like are those in which the functions you have given have been filled. The needs which you ascribe to you are met. So here we're talking about special relationship and and codependency as well. But let's be really clear about this. When you're angry, is it not because someone has failed to fulfill the function you allotted them? So, for instance, let's say the function that you give to somebody is they are going to make you feel good. They are going to take care of you. And you you have given them this function of they're going to take care of me. They're going to make me feel good. And it, it could even be like they're going to go get me... Uh, something that I want and they are going to keep the house clean or they are going to bring home the money or they are going to be faithful and devoted to me. And when they fail to fill that function, people become very angry. And, and then attack is justified. That's the reason, because I gave them a function, they're not filling it, and so I'm justified in attacking them. The dreams you think you like are those in which the functions you have given have been filled. So when people do the things that we assign to them as their function, you know, our our children are uh, loving towards us, our parents are loving towards us, uh, when our friends are helpful and supportive and kind and people fill those functions, then we believe our needs are being met because we gave them the function and they're filling it. It says, it does not matter if they be fulfilled or merely wanted. It is the idea that they exist from which the fears arise. So the idea that these functions that we've given to other people, this is where the fear arises. And, of course, we see it all the time. People are fearful. They don't really love me. They don't really like me. They're not really going to take care of me. They're not going to really provide for me. They're not going to blah, 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 blah. Dreams are not wanted more or less. They are desired or not. And each one represents some function that you have assigned, some goal which an event or body or a thing should represent and should achieve for you. So here he's basically saying, like, you have all these little dreams. I have a dream of what this relationship will be and I have a dream of what this job will be and I have a dream of what this house will be I have a dream of what all these different things in my life will be so you either desire that dream which has the function you gave it or you don't so this is about living in the now and not in uh, a place of wishing, hoping, fantasy, but living in the now and being in the experience of love now, the flow of love now. So being in the relationship now, and that's where the love is. 
And then it's not a dream. If we're in the flow of love now, it's not a dream. It's what's real. And that's the miracle that love brings, is it takes us out of fantasy. It takes us out of imaginings. Special relationship can never give us that fulfillment. Because there's always going to be fear embedded. Will they fulfill the function that I've given them? And especially if, I mean, I've done a bunch of (laughs) couples counseling. People often don't even articulate what they're expecting or hoping for. But then they get super angry and disappointed when it doesn't happen. But they never even explained what they were looking for. Each one represents some function that you have assigned some goal which an event or a body or a thing should represent and should achieve for you. If it succeeds, you think you like the dream. If it should fail, you think the dream is sad. But whether it succeeds or fails is not its core, but just the flimsy covering. How happy would your dreams become if you were not the one who gave the proper role to every figure which the dream contains. So this is not a question. It's He's telling us, your dreams would become happy, because there's no question mark at the end. How happy would your dreams become? Your dreams would become so happy if you were not the one who gave the proper role to every figure which the dream contains. So who do we give that to? We give it to the Holy Spirit. No one can fail but your idea of him, and there is no betrayal but of this. The core of dreams the Holy Spirit gives is never one of fear. The coverings may not appear to change, but what they mean has changed because they cover something else. Perceptions are determined by their purpose in that they seem to be what they are for. A shadow figure who attacks becomes a brother, giving you a chance to help. If this becomes the function of the dream, and dreams of sadness thus are turned to joy. So all of that to say that if we're fulfilling our function to be the light of the world, then the the fear and the attack fall away. Perceptions of darkness and shadows fall away. Specialness falls away when we are determined to be the light of the world. Now, people don't feel worthy of being the light of the world. They don't think they're good enough. They don't know how to. All of that will be given to you because it's already been given to you. It's about being willing to remember it. But how can we remember that we're the light of the world when we're absolutely convinced that we're bad, we're wrong, we're not good enough, that we should be punished, etc., etc.? So we have to be willing to give up our attachment to our perspective and the meaning that we made of things. What is your brother for? You do not know because your function is obscured to you. So our brother is for us to see the light of the world in. That's what they're for. And we're 
to be the light of the world. Be it to see it. <laughs> Do not ascribe a role to him that you would that you imagine would bring happiness to you. So if you imagine that, oh, if this person is going to take care of me, if this person is going to um, give me children, um, prop me up, if this person is going to pay my bills, if this person is going to enjoy me, make me feel safe and comfortable, all of that stuff, then we're ascribing a role to them that we believe will bring happiness to us. And it is a recipe for unhappiness. It is a recipe for failure and upset. It says, Do not try to hurt him when he fails to take the part that you assign to him in what you dream your life was meant to be. He asks for your help in every dream he has, and you have helped to give him. If you see the function of the dream as he perceives its function, who can utilize all dreams as means to serve the function given him? All right, so let's break that down. Do not try to hurt your brother when he fails to take the part you assign to him in what you dream your life was meant to be. Right, So when they seem to fail us, don't hurt them. Don't be upset with them. Recognize you're the one that gave them that function. And then what Jesus says here is, He asks for help in every dream he has, and you have help to give him, meaning your brother. Your brother asks for help in every dream he has, and you have help to give your brother if you see the function of the dream as the Holy Spirit perceives its function. The Holy Spirit can utilize all dreams as means to serve the function given to the Holy Spirit. So this is why I say it every day, a thousand times a day. Give it all to the Holy Spirit. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to understand it. Stop judging and analyzing and simply invoke the Holy Spirit and know that you are worthy of unlimited support. Think of it as unlimited customer support 24-7. Oh, but it only works if you work it. Yes, we place our hands on our heart and we are grateful and thankful to choose to awaken from the dream and to live a life of joy. We are the light of the world, and we are willing to remember it, recognize it, and share it. We share the benefits of this healing with everyone because we're one with them. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah.